What up, brawlers? Welcome back to the 10th episode of Throne Hands. I am Jacob Janoski, and alongside me is the wonderful Daniel Woods. Daniel, how art thou? I'm doing pretty good, man. How about you? Pretty good. I'm ready for a good weekend of fights and a few more coming up soon, so I'm pretty pleased. All right, so we're just going to hop right into it. The main event on the prelim card, we got Caitlin Chikagian versus Antonina Shevchenko. Um... What do you think of Chikagian's style matching up against Shevchenko's? I'm not uh, – this is an interesting one to look at because Chikagian's somebody that's really established at the top of that division as opposed to Shevchenko, who's kind of more of an upstart. Uh, but as far as it goes, Chikagian's probably looking at, to, at trying to take this uh, fight all the way to the end. She's got 13 career wins. Ten of them have been by decision. So – She's probably just gonna look to look to not get finished here. She's only been finished once in her career, but out of three losses. But she's obviously uh, the type of fighter that, uh, despite coming off of a loss to Valentina Shevchenko in her last fight, that was a, a women's flyweight uh, championship fight. Uh, she's got the stamina to hold up over three rounds, and I think that's what she's probably looking to do here. Yeah, definitely. And I don't, I don't expect this fight to really go down to the ground that much because they're both stand-up fighters. Yes, Chukagin has a black, has a brown belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, but she has a karate background also. And with Shevchenko's Muay Thai and kickboxing, this is going to be a very stand-up fight in my opinion. And what I notice about Shevchenko is that she's very good at striking one. She's on top, but uh, someone has her in the guard. And she has great knees, especially with that Muay Thai background. And she has great takedown defense. We saw in her Dana White Contender Series fight um, where she got her contract. And that definitely is applied with her little with her small judo background. So what do you think are the keys for Chikagian here? I, I think that you make a really good point there that uh, Shevchenko is such a great Muay Thai fighter. That's really what has gotten her to where she is at this point. I think uh, Chikagian just needs to really avoid the heavy strikes that that you're going to see out of Shevchenko again she'll probably want to keep this one on the feet uh, especially uh, like you were saying uh, but I think that's the biggest thing she's more experienced in the UFC at this point and is, is coming off a title fight she's going to need to come out uh, and not really be focused on that last loss she needs to uh, probably come out with a lot of energy and I think she can probably do that because she's proven to have the ability to last over several rounds at a high level. Yeah, I would definitely have to agree with you there. And I think the keys for Shevchenko are she's got to keep her distance and use her more diverse background of striking to her advantage and get tips from her sister. I mean, she already beat Chikagian four, was it almost about four months ago already. And yeah, in February. You know, she, she knows the formula, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. I mean, that that's the only time that Caitlin Shukagian has been finished in her entire career. So if there's, if there's a magic bullet as to knocking her off, Valentina Shevchenko has it. 
and I mean, they are sisters, so I'm sure they share some tips here and there. Yeah, for sure. So what are your predictions for this fight? I think Caitlin Shikagian probably takes this one. She's uh, the the more experienced fighter in the UFC, and I think that's something uh, when you're you're dealing in a situation like we are now with, with COVID-19 and these fighters haven't really gone in a little while, I think that's, that's something you have to value. Uh, but I'm not going to count Shevchenko out. It's just a matter of the fact that Shikagian is, is really – uh, one of the one of the top contenders in this division and Shevchenko outside of a couple solid performances hasn't really been proven in the UFC yet yeah I would have to agree with you there I, I say Chikagian I think she takes the distance I don't see her fishing anybody no. especially Shevchenko but you know if Shevchenko wins this this is a uh, that could be that could propel her up a little more who knows maybe a title fight with her sister that's what the UFC that'd be a great marketing opportunity for the UFC so we'll see what happens there so the next fight we were going to review is Holland versus Rodriguez, but Kevin Holland hurt his ankle. Do you think this has any um, has anything to do with the weight change or him just the, the battery after months of training and stuff like that? I mean, I'm sure it could. Uh, you're you're not really going to know until you and if you get an official word out of Kevin Holland's camp. Uh, I was really impressed at the fact that he came out of that uh, fight, the last fight night, wanting to fight again soon looking to change weight classes and he was going to do that turnaround in 14 days and not even move down like he wanted to when he called out Mickey Gall instead move up a division uh, for this fight uh, but I think it's just really impressive and I think it speaks to the desire that Kevin Holland has to to make himself one of the best fighters in the world and uh, he's obviously got the drive to do it we'll see once he gets healthy again, if, if he can back that up in the octagon. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, he's 27. still. he's still pretty young and he's making his way slowly up. So I think we can see him contend for a title in a few years, but with Rodriguez, I think they already filled his opponent. I didn't, I didn't see, I don't remember his name, but if you could check up on that, you know, yeah, we'll check. I've got the card pulled up right here. Oh, you do? Great. All right. See if they found somebody for him. Gabriel green. Never heard of him. <laughs> Have you? I believe he's making his UFC debut. Wow, that's a... He does not even have a picture on the website. Okay, well, well, we'll see how Green handles Rodriguez. So, we're going to move on to the main event here. Tyron Woodley versus uh, Burns, we got. So, what do you have for Woodley's style? Like, Yeah, Woodley's style. I mean, Tyron Woodley's an outstanding fighter. He was the, obviously the former champion at welterweight and is the number one contender. Now I think he's just such a well-rounded fighter and that really speaks to what he has been able to do throughout his career uh, before losing his title. He's obviously got a background as uh, an all American wrestler in college, but he does a lot more than that. He has seven knockout wins, five submission wins and seven by decision and had not lost since 2014 going into that Kamaru Usman fight last spring. And I think he's just the type of guy that you, he's very hard to prepare for because he has such a wide range of, of finishes and, and wins to his name that he's uh, such a well-rounded fighter and has done so much at the top of that welterweight division. He's really tough to deal with. Yeah. 
Woodley is extremely diverse with, like you said, how he finishes his fights and his unorthodox yet powerful striking really throws people off, I believe. And yeah, he has, he has a great grappling background with his wrestling and he has, he earned his black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu a couple years ago in the octagon. So we'll see how this, uh, matches up with a guy like Gilbert Burns, who is a second-degree black belt, and he matched up very well with one of the best scrapplers in the sport, Damian Maya. So do you have anything to add for Burns? Uh, not really. I mean, he the the thing that stood out to me is the fact that, yes, he, he battled with a submission specialist uh, in uh, Damian Maya in his last fight, but he clearly – was able to adjust his style. He's he's obviously a Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy first, but he was, he's been able to adjust his style and actually finish that fight against somebody that probably did have the advantage over him on the ground. He was able to finish it with a TKO. So I think Gilbert Burns, as time has gone on, has gotten a lot more versatile in the octagon, and I think that's something to watch out for in this fight. Oh, for sure. So what are the keys for Woodley to win this fight? I think he probably – should look to finish it on the feet or take it the distance. I think uh, Burns probably in terms of submission and grappling has the advantage here. Um, but like you said, Woodley's got really powerful strikes and he needs to come into this fight with the mentality that he is going to be the UFC welterweight champion again. I mean, obviously Kamaru Usman's one of the best fighters in the world, but Tyron Woodley, a multi multi-time defender of that champion. He was himself one of the best fighters in the world throughout that time and I think he still is but he just hasn't fought in over a year so if he can take on that championship mentality throw some heavy hands and keep Gilbert Burns from taking this one to the ground I think he walks out of there with a win yeah I I I said the same thing to him I know he definitely just has to keep it on keep it on the feet I think and if he gets into a match on the ground Burns is so much more diverse in his grappling techniques with his second degree Brazilian jiu-jitsu belt. So we, we will see what happens there. What are the keys for Burns, you believe? I think it's the exact opposite. You take this one to the ground. Uh, like we said, Woodley has a wrestling background. He's got some submission finishes, but that's really not where he's going to have the advantage in this fight. Burns is obviously so highly touted uh, in the Brazilian jiu-jitsu world, uh, a world champion in 2011. So he's the type of guy that can finish from a variety of positions on the ground, eight submission wins out of 18 career victories. That's, that's a pretty good ratio for a guy like Gilbert Burns, but still he's, he's proven that he can knock guys out. So Burns, you're probably going to want to take Woodley to the ground, but I don't think that's his only option. I think if he can get the right shot in, he could finish this one by KO as well. Yeah, for sure. I think if he wants a good chance of winning this fight, he has to take it to the ground. All right, so from a welterweight title eliminator-esque match here, we're going to move on to the mess that is the welterweight division. <laughs> now, Masvidal wants to fight Nate Diaz next, from what I've heard. And then Kamar Usman wants his red panty night, I guess, with Conor McGregor. So what, what do you think's up with the welterweight division? It's it's interesting. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, nobody really nobody really knows what they want to do. Nobody apparently wants to fight for the championship. Uh, and who 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 would against Kamaru Usman? Honestly, he's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. So 
I mean, if you look at this division, it's as, it's almost as deep as anything you've got across the board in the UFC. I mean, it's it's an outstanding division. Woodley's a great fighter. Colby Covington, Jorge Masvidal, Leon Edwards, Stephen Thompson, Gilbert Burns. That's your top six. And that's before you get into guys like Maya and Michael Chiesa and, and Nate Diaz all the way down at 10. So there's a lot of exciting matches to be made in this division. And I just – I'm starting to get afraid that the UFC is valuing the big money fight over what might be a more entertaining fight in the octagon. Yeah, that's true. And I think, you know, with the BMF, the BMF belt on the line, you know, with Masvidal holding it, he wants, that's a big money fight for him rather than the championship because people want to see that fight again. It was a great fight up until the doctor stopped it. And honestly, I think if Masvidal were to fight in the championship, he could become a star in his own right. And cause that's just the type of guy he is. I mean, he has the personality. I think I'd love to see him yeah. become a superstar in the UFC. And with Conor McGregor, Usman fighting, wanting that money fight with Conor McGregor, even though he's ranked 14th right now, I think in the welterweight yeah. rankings. So I don't, it's just a whole mess. And now Anderson Silva just uh, didn't yet call Connor out on Instagram. They both want a big money fight. So Anderson Silva, I think it was a catch rate of 176 pounds. He wants to fight Connor McGregor. What, what's your thoughts on that? I think uh, with Connor coming out and, and ranking his greatest of all time, fighters putting himself at number two, Anderson Silva at number one, regardless of, of regardless of if you agree with that, I think both of us can say in the conversations we've had off air, neither one of us agree with, with what he said there, but I mean, I think it'd be a great fight. It's two of the most entertaining fighters we've ever seen in the UFC. Silva was the baddest man on the planet for several years and was the most, maybe the most dominant fighter ultimate fighting championship has ever seen. I think it would draw a ton of money and I think it'd be really entertaining and be a good mix of styles. I'm all for it. Yeah, I'm all for it too. Maybe Anderson just needs some cash. Who knows? <laughs> and we know Conor McGregor isn't hurting for cash. So no. Conor McGregor earlier this week came out with his goat list. Uh, GSP is somehow not number one or two. So who's your goat, Daniel? That's That's an interesting question because – I mean, you talk about comparing guys between – in other sports, you talk about having to compare guys between eras. Having to compare guys between weight classes is as difficult or more, in my opinion. So, obviously, Anderson Silva had one of the most dominant runs that's ever been seen in combat sports. And I can't disagree with the fact that he's probably has to be in the conversation – George St. Pierre, again, one of the best fighters in the world. I will probably, at this point, lean towards Anderson Silva, but if you come back to me tomorrow, I might change that answer. Yeah, I think Anderson Silva is definitely in the top three. And my, my goat's GSP. I think he, with his, he's so diverse. He didn't even have a wrestling background, yet he became arguably the best wrestler in the UFC when he was in the octagon. And he's a true martial artist. He just kept working at his craft. I just... That's why I think he's the GOAT. And Anderson Silva's two, and then maybe John Jones three. If John Jones didn't dope, maybe he'd be the best all time. I mean, John Jones is still in the latter of his prime of his career. So we'll see what, what's up with him when he 
fights later this year, hopefully, even though he said he's done for a year with, because of weird negotiations. But where would you rank Connor? <laughs> that's, that's such a loaded question just because he has been so controversial throughout, throughout his time. As far as money draws go, he's got to be top three, if not number one all time. Uh, just based on on the sales that he's created for the UFC, I, I think he's probably one of the ten most successful fighters we've ever seen. I don't know as far as skill goes where you place him, but his combination of uh, combination of draw and uh, success in the octagon has to put him. I'd say top ten. Maybe pushing top five. I'm not. I'm not really sure. I've not sat down and put together any kind of personal rankings. Yeah, I, I think uh, Connor is definitely in the top ten. Only a handful of people have held two belts at the same right. time. But the thing is, John Jones made a good point in my opinion. Connor has never heard the two words, and still, he's never successfully yep. defended one of his belts. I think if he stayed in featherweight, he could have definitely defended his belts. But with the lightweight division as it is now, he could win it. But that'd be tough defending it. And we'll see what happens with Connor. He still he still has a five ten years ahead of him in his career. So we'll see what pans out for Connor McGregor. So Daniel, do you have any final thoughts before we sign off? The last thing I wanted to bring up uh, was what they're probably looking to do with Henry Cejudo officially vacating the title at bantamweight uh, yeah, i've talk seen about this i've i've seen that there's been discussions of of a title fight between peter yawn and uh and jose aldo i just wanted to see what you were thinking about that situation um hold on i'm bringing up the rankings right now we'll, all right it, that would be a three versus six fight but that's that's the the title fight i've seen floated around yeah that would i wouldn't i'd enjoy to see that i'd be in but i think uh all right, let's pull up the rankings here. You know, I saw an Aljamain Sterling is fighting next week, I believe, at 250. Yes. If I'm not mistaken. So, you know, if he wins if he wins that fight, I think we could see him competing for a title soon too. You know, I like I like that Mariah's no no Peter Peter Yan fight and Jose Aldo fight. I'd like to see that. You know, we'll see what happens with that division. It's a it's a mix up. We, we, we don't know what's going to go down with that division. And flyweight, what do you think is going to happen there? I don't know, man. That that division has kind of been honestly dying as the days go by. I mean, Cejudo going in and, and winning that title and, and not even defending it for the most part, uh, I think has, has really been a death blow to that division. And I, honestly, I don't know – how viable it is for the UFC to keep it around. Yeah, you make a good point. I heard, I know uh, Formiga's fighting pretty soon. I think next week too, or the week after. I know he's fighting quite soon, but yeah, we could, I think we might see, they're not, they're not going to be many more fights in this division. I think they might just cut it, no. bring them all up to 135. But we'll see. All right, Daniel, any other thoughts? Not really. Nothing comes to mind at the moment. All right, nothing from me either. Thank you, Daniel, for coming back on. It's always a pleasure. I've always enjoyed doing this with you. And we will see you back for a review of Fight Night Woodley versus Burns quite soon. See you guys.